Hello, how are you? I'm Hayley and this is the Good Place podcast. The aim of this podcast is to share the weekly questions I'm asked by my clients and on social media. I want this podcast to be informative and to give you a realistic view of what making changes in nutrition and fitness actually look like. Real talk, real clients, real experiences. I hope you enjoy. Oh, right, the metronome hasn't gone off this time. I'm a bit disappointed that it hasn't. I mean, you could put it back on again if you like. I just Look, for the... I need to, for context, this is the first time I recorded this. This is what happened. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> In the background, laying a sick beat. <laughs> We've got From Hannah. the two poshest PTs around. <laughs> We've got Hannah from the long game training gym. Hello. Say hi, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hannah, hi, loves, Hannah loves doing podcasts. She's only taken a year to get on here. It's um. Well, I've never done one, so I don't know if I love them, but I don't love the sound of my own voice. So as long as I don't listen to it, it will be absolutely fine. <laughs> I think you've got a lovely voice. Um, we've got loads of questions, loads. So let's just get through them, shall yeah. we? And will, we might have to do a part two because yeah. there is a lot. Yeah, and I've always said at the beginning of this podcast, I want it to be informative. And I think for something to be informative and you to actually take it in, this can't be an hour long. So when we start to get towards half an hour, if we haven't got through all the questions, I'll cut it off and we'll do another one because otherwise I think it's just sound isn't it that we're making yeah people don't have an hour for their workouts half the time let alone an hour to listen to a podcast yeah and take all the information in but you know I suppose we can always we can try listen back um do you want to start first question okay so does muscle really weigh more than fat this mm. is an easy one yeah because the sort of the clue is in the question does it weigh more something one kilo of muscle weighs the same as one kilo of fat. Yes. However, fat takes up much more space than muscle. So when we are looking to lose weight, what we're actually looking to do is to lose fat. Fat. So that is why only using the scales as a measure isn't always the most effective thing for you. Um, So I think we'd probably both recommend using different measurements yeah a hundred percent or um me and hannah we're quite aligned in this we switch focus completely and it's instead of measuring the outcome we measure the input does that make sense so like your what are you lifting yeah what are you what are you able to row each week what are your and of course um, it it depends on on your goals and for some people they will just have aesthetic goals which is usually what people mean when they say they want to lose weight and so using body measurements using photos using the scales and using maybe how well your clothes are starting to fit in you and then on the other side you've got the people who have more performance and strength based goals and that's when you'd maybe forget about the scales altogether and think how fast are you rowing yeah how much weight are you now lifting how much better are you moving i am still moving more away from scale weight though i think i've come to realize it doesn't actually bring me any um satisfaction Mm. at all yeah 
um, and I, it can ruin my day. 100%. So... It's, but if that's the first thing that you do in the morning, yeah. you wake up and you're feeling great and then you step on the scales and a split second, this one magical number turns your day around and you now feel like shit for the rest of the day because yeah. it doesn't say what you want it to say. Exactly. And then, lo and behold, you meet that magical number that you do want to hit. Say you want to hit 65 kilos. Yeah. That You're not going to wake up one morning, stand on the scales, be 65 kilos, and then miraculously... And the whole world will change. Exactly. <laughs> I am, I'm, that's it. Miracles have happened. That's it. My world is amazing. World is Nothing great. bad will ever happen. Yeah. So... I've always weighed this roughly, give or take a couple of kilos, the same throughout my adult life. Yeah. But my body has looked very different yes. at various points through my yeah. adult life, depending on when I've trained and when I haven't trained. Yeah. And this is where, when you really start understanding muscle density and how much muscle you have, you, I think you can come away then from scale weight because you understand that your body can physically look very, very different mm. at the same weight depending on how much muscle, you're muscle carrying. mass you're carrying or fat mass you're yeah. carrying. So there's some great pictures actually um, to show what 65 kilos looks like with, with a good amount of muscle and then 65 kilos looks like with more fat and the, and the two physical yeah. differences with that. So weight becomes a bit pointless yeah. in the end. And um, at the end of the day, unless you are a professional athlete that needs to hit a specific weight class to compete. Fighting or lifting, yeah. Then it really has no bearing. No, we don't walk around with it above our head, do we? No, big placard. I don't walk around the street going, oh, I bet she's 10 stone, but he's 14, I bet, he, yeah. yeah. I, that no. was a tangent. In essence, they weigh the same, this they is, look different. That's the first question. This is an easy one. Four minutes later, we're still talking <laughs> about it. Okay, next, why don't you choose one? Um, if you could only eat one type of bread for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm going with the serious questions today. The serious questions. Um, what's your bread, Hayley? Oh, it has to be a straight out of the oven, homemade white farmhouse loaf. Little flour dusting on the top. Just, and then all the butter that there is. Mm. Oh, you know that kind of, actually you have to, you make a dent in the butter. Yeah, so with your tea. Despite the fact I'm married to a chef, I really am not a big fan of butter. <gasps> I do not want the dent in the butter. My bread... Say what you said! probably be anything that my darling husband, Henry, bakes. Aww, so um, cute. But if he's not listening, probably a brioche. I know. Which he does make a very good brioche. In fact, he made a Marmite brioche last week and it was bloody delicious because that can be savoury and sweet I mean I've got and my I issues with both. this but what marmite and brioche no just the sweet <laughs> and savoury thing because well we're I know different. exactly I know we're all different but just give me the savoury savoury on top of savoury and then I'm really happy <laughs> okay we could go down a rabbit hole but I won't I'll Let's hold back on. okay weighing up the importance of cardio mixed with weight training so I think this person is asking like what's the balance and actually one of the other questions is how much you should do in a week in terms of like what should your training schedule look like so i think we could probably put those two together, together. 
it depends on your goals. It really which does. Which is honestly probably the most annoying answer, answer that a personal trainer can ever give you. Yeah. Because is your goal to get fitter, to get faster, to prepare for a race, or is your goal to get stronger, to build muscle? Yeah. Um, or is your goal to have a combination of the two? If we're talking, let's talk like general fitness now. General, I just want to maintain good fitness health for longevity. Life, yeah. Then we would always recommend daily movement. Mm-hmm. So this is where your steps come in, your 10,000 steps. 8,000 steps is where it's been shown to improve health markers. 10,000 steps was a figure um, that was marketed by the Japanese government because 10,000 is a more it's a more appealing number than and than the data but that's why that came about 10,000 steps but 8,000 is where anything 8,000 and above in a day is a great start um we would always recommend some type of resistance training so when we say resistance we mean with weight body weight weight. but something that your muscles are being stimulated because when muscles are stimulated they maintain their mass and if you lift more weight you then increase that muscle mass and and so you start to build muscle um and we recommend this for numerous reasons one for bone density amongst aging women um that's something to start considering well for the whole of your life but if you are a non-exerciser and in you're in your 30s you're going to really impact your bone health in your 60s by considering it now in your 30s if you haven't started um also just that your you know muscle is energy dense it costs a lot to keep it running the more muscle you have the more energy you burn yeah so people often ask me how many calories i eat in a day and I personally don't track my calories, and we've got a question about that we'll answer later. Um, However, I know roughly what I'm eating, and people are often surprised at how much I'm eating when I'm so darn small. She's so tiny. But I am muscle dense. (laughs) (laughs) I am stocky and built, (laughs) so I can eat. (laughs) I should be a professional eater. Yeah, you probably could, because a lot of them are tiny, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. you just got to have the muscle to absorb all that goodness. Exactly, yeah. So um, maintaining good muscle density and yeah. in, uh, doing weight training will do that. But in terms of finding that balance between cardio and weight, you want to include, everybody should include all of it. It's just what that balance looks like. If you are looking to grow more muscle, the majority of your training needs to be about building that strength and yeah. resistance. And the cardio, in inverted commas, that you might do in addition to that, i.e. running, cycling, rowing, boxing, is just an accessory for good heart health. Yeah, although, you know, come and lift some heavy weights. Your your heart heart really gets a workout. Yeah. So, um, if you, if I can, if we're talking one over the other, as a woman of a certain age, I yeah. would always actually pick strength. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, and get my daily and get my daily movement in. Yeah. in terms of steps, because.
But for any runners out there, you're not going to improve your 5K time if you don't go out and run specifically for your 5K time. Moving on, so... Should we do the calories one now as it sort of... Yeah, that kind of goes into it. So the question was, do you advise keeping calories back through the week if you have meals out planned? And I don't know if we have the same answer on this. I don't know that we do, but only because... Again, there are two diff- I feel like there are two different camps on this and neither of them are wrong. wrong. It's you, what's personal, yours? it's type. So, and this is because like me and Hannah have obviously had thousands of hours with clients and so you kind of can see patterns emerging and you, this is where you have to become, um, you, you are in control of this, you take responsibility for this, which one are you, I suppose, in this scenario? Um, sometimes when we keep calories back and we go, right, okay, I've got a night out on Saturday, so I'm going to reduce my calories in the week to collect these calories for the weekend and I'll you know, have them there. So the aim then is to maintain your weight throughout the week because you've indulged more on the Saturday and restricted on the through the week. Um, what I find happens in that scenario an awful lot is it switches on the stuff it button where you think you've collected more calories than you actually have and you set the mindset of, oh, well, I had soup for dinner on Friday, so Saturday night's dinner can be three courses with all the alcohol and all of it. And so this, the pendulum swings too far the other mm. way. So you'll have restricted a bit and then gone, stuff it, and you go all the way the other way. Which I think is okay every now and again. Oh, 100%. But it's why I don't think either of us are advocates for cheat meals or no. cheat days. No. Because you can eat so much more in that one yeah. meal without thinking about it than you have restricted. Yeah. Because I would argue that if you were to have just maintained your normal eating throughout that week, what actually would have happened is you would have then still indulged on the Saturday night with the mind that actually I had a sandwich for lunch, so I don't need all of this now, and I certainly don't need it to enhance the time or the fun that I'm having on the night out. The two don't need to be mutually exclusive, that I need to have all of this and eat all of this and drink all of this to have a good time. Um, And I think it keeps, actually it keeps a more level Mm. way of eating. You can enjoy your meal out but you haven't had to starve yourself for the week. No, and I think that's the key, is that for me, I would look at my week as a whole if I knew that I was going out, and I would be more mindful of what I was eating in the lead-up to that, but I wouldn't over-restrict. Yeah. I would still... So put this in context, because you have a very different like weekly life. To me, you live with a phenomenal chef. chef. Like, phenomenal. Like, phenomenal chef. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Will. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so... I... My husband is Henry, who some of you may know from former Henry and Joe's, and makes amazing food. The caveat to that is it typically involves an awful lot of butter. 
<laughs> that I wouldn't use in my cooking. And that is why his cooking tastes so much better. That's so good. So because he's home a little bit more now and he's cooking more now, I will tend to have my breakfast and lunches very much the same day to day because I know what I'm having. I know that if I'm more mindful there, I can then enjoy my evening meal at home with the family and not be worrying about how much I'm eating or have I gone over on my calories or uh, macros. And to me, that time at home, eating and enjoying that meal is worth more than having a sandwich and a packet of crisps for lunch. So if I can have a nice protein-filled soup instead and I have my fruit and yogurt for breakfast instead and then I can enjoy that meal which is going to be different every night mm-hmm. that to me is worth more yeah and and it then also keeps you in line with your goals and your training and it keeps it, it just keeps you moving you're all moving in the direction that yeah. you want to be moving in rather than and it's consistency yeah it my is breakfast and lunch is consistent yeah. every every day yeah and it's not boring it's still very tasty but those aren't the meals that I enjoy those are the ones that I have to just fuel me to yeah. go about my day and the meal in the evening is yeah. the one that I enjoy it's really interesting because I quite like eating the same things every day it doesn't I I generally eat the same things for breakfast and lunch If I don't get to have my fruit and yoghurt and peanut butter in the mornings, I have been known to have it for lunch because I've missed it. Yeah. Like it's something that you're... My body needs that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So So don't over-restrict. Be mindful. Be mindful. It's the content context isn't it and the intent behind if those meals out are happening every single weekend I would look at it in a different way yeah yeah and then also or do you then get again it's like coming back to portion and do you actually know your portions Mm. are you good at tracking if you're not should you be tracking in the first place how do you go about doing that in Mm. how do you find another way around it there are many ways. That sort of feeds on to another question. Oh, go on then. Of how long do you think strict calorie counting is sustainable for? And we both, <coughs> excuse me, sort of had the same answer with this, which is... Like two minutes. Two three minutes. minutes. Yeah, not long. Three minutes. Five three. minutes. A meal. It takes me five minutes to weigh everything out. Oh, and then you've got to put it in. So at the end of the day, I think it's fair to say that none of the people listening to this are professional athletes or bodybuilders who really need to watch what they're eating, when they're eating, how much they're eating. Yeah. We are eating for health, yeah. for longevity and to fuel our training and to be generally yeah. healthier, better people. Yeah, I mean, within that strict calorie counting i have some non-negotiables around my nutrition so Mm -hmm. mine one of my non-negotiables that i hit every day is 100 grams of protein so but do you weigh that or do you now i now know what 100 grams i had to weigh it to begin with yeah so i think that's where calorie counting can be really useful is at the beginning of your journey where maybe you're trying to lose fat not weight um you 
want to have an idea of how much protein, yeah. fat, carbohydrates is in yeah. the foods that you are eating. And a hundred grams, by the way, is not enough in terms of textbook building muscle protein that I should yeah. be eating. However, I struggle to get more than that because um, one, it impacts my appetite too much. So you'll find that increasing your protein will have an effect on your appetite, mm. as in it's a very good um, way you of... Up. Yeah, it does fill you up. Thanks for... Yeah. Well, I'm just going to make that really waffly. <laughs> what it does is it fills the lining of your stomach and it fills you up. Fills you up. <laughs> fills you up. <laughs> it does fill you up. But I think that's what is really important is we need to learn what a certain number of calories in inverted commas feels like to eat yes so i think that tracking can be really useful in the beginning but you need once you get to your sort of maintenance calories because we're not all trying to lose fat forever or put weight on forever yeah we're getting get to that point where we just want to maintain so you need to feel what that is like because i've had i've had clients in the past clients don't panic current clients but also don't panic previous clients oh god i've gone down a wormhole now we sorted it out all right we sorted it out it's all good but i have had experience of people saying they are eating 1200 calories a day and not losing weight and that is impossible you that is impossible for the for the height and the weight that they were eating 1200 calories a day and not losing weight doesn't happen so actually what they're doing is they're miscalculating what 1200 calories is so this is where tracking can be useful in the beginning to really get a measure of well this is what 1200 calories looks like this is what 1500 calories looks like and this is how happy i am because that's also a very good measure because and i think Haley and i have both had issues no i haven't what are you talking about around food in the past and mine definitely started with calorie counting i would weigh carrot sticks really tomatoes oh i just went for the nil by mouth approach (laughs) (laughs) and i would input into my fitness pal my carrots and my tomatoes and my cucumber for god's sake which is about two calories yeah Um, because i didn't want to go over what I was, quote-unquote, allowed. Allowed. And that sent me down the biggest rabbit hole yeah. of a poor relationship with food. So for me, it didn't work long-term. Yeah. One of the most useful things I was told once was the fact that I was actually a grown-up. And I, in within being a grown-up, you can make your own decisions and you are responsible for all of your actions. Yeah. So um, my fitness pal telling you what you are allowed and not allowed is not really helpful in any way. Um, We would never tell a client what they're allowed and what they're not allowed, ever. A, it's also not in our scope of practice and we cannot do that as personal trainers. So if any personal trainer is saying, you cannot have this, this is exactly what you must eat, then they're actually doing you a disservice. That is not our job, that's the job of a dietitian or a nutritionist. Total tangent, I am a nutritionist um, however, it is not in my scope of practice to write meal plans for people. Yeah. I will sit and meal plan with someone, but 
for me to go, right, this is what you're eating for the week. That is the job of a dietitian. Mm -hmm. And the reason dietitians need to write meal plans is because they work with people with issues that need to be helped that are far beyond our reach, yeah. our scope of practice. This is people you know, that deficiencies are... deficiencies of yeah, some description. Absolutely, or... uh, allergies, um, when they're doing FODMAPs, so food restricted, you know, removal diets. It's very specific, and that's for a dietitian because they've done the clinical work to be able to do that. I work in the general public that need guidance and help on their nutrition to find a sensible approach to eating um, and I refer on if I can't help with that and you've got to ask yourself is it realistic for you aged 80 in however many years time to still be on a meal plan and to still be calorie counting well, that's a good one because if you are never getting a feel for how much your body actually needs that's then yeah you're never you're never going to be able to get out of it and that's when you're going to start yo-yoing up and down that leads on to the next question really nicely how do you navigate between the wellness nutrition bollocks and the sound advice that is one question that i would ask you of you to ask yourself will i be doing this in a year's time will i still be doing this in five years time and if you're taking something or on some type of nutrition plan that you are going to be doing for four or six weeks, I don't think it's the answer. Now, don't get me wrong, sometimes a Kickstarter is necessary and good because it gets you on the right road, but that should be heavily supported the other side with good nutritional advice to be able to then set you on a plan. There's no getting around it. If you want to have long-term sustainable change, then you need to do the hard work involved yeah. to do that. And every individual is going to respond very differently to a, a diet. And what I, I don't mean a diet as in 800 calories or paleo or anything. I mean your nutrition, your diet. Every individual yeah. is going to respond differently because they're made up genetically differently and so you have to look at what your life looks like what your goals are and yeah. you need to gather all the evidence and make a sound decision based off what is going to work for you and yeah, what works 100%. for you isn't necessarily going to work for the next person for someone else it's um it's it's meeting yourself where you are and where I am now in life, it, I don't have the same time I had on my hands when I was in my 20s. But I also know that where I am in life now isn't going to be the same forever. And so already I've kind of, I might be individual in this, but I've already kind of mapped things out in stages. So my children are almost all in school so in the next year i'll have all of them in school and that gives me more time to be able to look to my own personal goals mm. and so at the moment where i've still got um little ones around i'm kind of just happy in where i am and what i'm able to do each week and it doesn't mean i don't hit targets for myself but I'm not going to be doing any 
like triathlons, like long triathlons between now and the next year because yeah. I, I because I won't get the training time in. You don't want to take only, my place at Blenheim Palace yeah, in June. <laughs> it'll only make me feel rubbish because it's not where I am in life yeah. at the moment. But what and I can do is I can focus on some really great things like strength, like yeah. 30 minute workouts that I can really push how strong I am. Yeah. And all that will help if I want to go back to triathlons. Um, so yeah. gather the evidence weigh up the pros and cons yeah you have different stress levels to the next person you have different health conditions to the next person yeah. you have different financial commitments to the next person and so there is no answer that will suit everybody only you can figure that out yeah and also um learn to be more discerning about where you get your information from as well and so if it's coming from like Cosmo magazine, it's possibly not the best. And and more a case of like you're sold to all the time on social media. You know, you're constantly being sold this cream or this potion or this shake or this will do this and this will do that. I would look at the person who is selling it and their intention behind selling it. Um, so for us you know we've got the qualifications to back up our information yeah spoiler alert personal trainers are not personal trainers to make money oh no we are here to help you and so the advice that we give is to better yourselves the people who are selling diet plans and shakes and whatever they're not in it because they're trying to help you they're in it for the money unfortunately yeah, because there's always a cheaper way of doing it. There yeah. is. Um, I think that... Uh, so as I was just saying this to Hannah before we started recording, no client has ever asked to see my insurance or qualifications, ever. No, neither. But we've got them to back ourselves we do. up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I wish... And that actually leads on to another question, doesn't it, about yeah. the industry? Yeah, what... Oh, where was that? What makes you most angry about your industry? That there is no yeah. real regulation. You have to do your qualifications to call yourself a personal trainer and to get your insurance. Yeah, and you have to do like continued personal professional development, professional development to be remain a member of SIMSA, which is our governing body. But no one is coming around like Ofsted in the education industry. No one is coming around and checking that we are doing things correctly, correctly. and the right way for our clients. Yeah. And so there are, I would imagine, an awful lot of PTs who aren't necessarily doing the best thing yeah. for their clients. So, so to put it into context, like I qualified 18 years ago and... I could do, I, I could have done CPD on um, like breathing, not that that's not valid because I actually quite love breathing. I'm just trying to say, what am I trying to make the point? The point is that I could have done all my continued um, professional development points on something completely unrelated to gym work and still be in the gym showing someone how to do a squat Yeah. on a three month course that I learned 18 years ago. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that, 
if you're looking to have a coach or where you're getting your information from, you want to make sure that that person that you're listening to is still learning, still cares about the industry and still wants to always better themselves. And I, I really do think it's very difficult to know where to find that person because traditionally now, where are we going to look at social media? Yeah. And you could come across a local personal trainer whose Instagram looks amazing and they've got all this amazing content and photos and videos, but does that translate into them actually being a good a PT? Good PT. You, you don't know. Yeah, so it's looking for sustainable change. So it's looking for um, all of those clients used as testimonials that are still continuing the work when they stop working with you. Mm. That's real success. Getting someone to lose 15 pounds in six weeks, even though that's hard work, well done, pat on the back to that person that's achieved it. Did, have they still lost that 15 pounds yeah. in two years time, in three years time? Are they still um, hitting those consistent um, fitness and nutrition goals that they set themselves has that developed into long-term behavior change and they are now living a really fit healthy well-balanced life and I think that's and you can find that information from the person that you are going to potentially work with they'll have those clients yeah. on their books um, so yes yeah. in essence a good social media doesn't necessarily indicate a good personal trainer and also you get a lot of non-professionals posting their own workouts on social media going give this a try and mm. they're not pts yeah and so you just need to take everything that these sort of fitness influencers post with a pinch of salt yeah so i think that is something that irritates me about our industry yeah is that everyone who goes to the gym is therefore a gym professional yes yeah um okay. yeah what should we talk about now where are we oh should we end on a question and then we're definitely going to do a part two because we've been half an hour now should we end on so we're gonna end there percy pigs or colin caterpillar oh you know how i feel about these I'm just checking in my drawer. I've run out of Percy Pigs, and I think that answers the question. Yeah. <laughs> I got given about four bags of Percy Pigs for Christmas. Because you love a Percy Pig. Because I love a Percy Pig. Just give me a cheeseburger. <laughs> Haley's not into the sweets. Oh, I just hate them. I need both. I have that good, solid, savoury meal. <laughs> and then I have two lines of dairy milk whole nut and four Percy Pigs every night. See, I think I prefer a good, solid meal and then seconds or cheese. But you also have a love for cheese. I would have cheese and then the chocolate and the Yeah, but you'd pigs. be like weird <laughs> and put it on some sweet brioche cracker or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed that. We will do a part two. Yeah, I loved it. Thank I've, you, Hannah. I've got over my fear. Good. Because it's done and I don't, I can't hear my own voice. Should we put the metronome back up? No, let's not. We can finish with a little dins, 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 dins. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. 
If you want to get involved and have a question answered, then head to info at thegoodplace.uk. And if you've been thinking about working with me, then do the same. It's been a pleasure. Speak soon. Thank you.